I think we, we've all heard these three words. In fact, I can virtually guarantee that every person in this room has heard these three words. Read the instructions. <laughs> Whether it was for a test at school or for a job at work or you were putting something together, uh, we all have seen those three words. Read the instructions. It says so right there at the top of the instructions. Read the instructions, but most of us never do, <laughs> especially all those warnings they have at the beginning. I mean, some instruction manuals, they'll have four or five pages of, of things to, to warn you about. And if you're like me, you kind of just skip over that part and then scan a few of the instructions and decide, oh, I can do this. And you start just putting everything together. And then a couple hours later, when nothing works, you get the instructions out and start over again and read the instructions. Unfortunately, that was the normal pattern for the nation of Israel. They began their conquest of the promised land with an instructive lesson on why it's important to read the instructions. In the last couple of weeks, we, we've been looking at the debacle that happened at this very small village called I. It's a small outlying city. It's where Israel went next after the defeat of the city of Jericho. And things didn't go as planned. You'll remember this story. Uh, Israel didn't even think they sent, need to send their whole army. It was just this very small village, not very well fortified. They had a very uh, small contingent of soldiers themselves. So they sent a part of their army to go to Ai, and things just go horrendously wrong. God led Joshua to understand that that defeat was not the result of the power of I. The defeat was the result of sin in the nation of Israel. And so the nation repented of that. They dealt with the sin. And in Joshua chapter 8, God gives Israel the victory over the city of Ai. And at the conclusion of that battle, Joshua realized yeah, it might be a good time to read the instructions. And so he gathers all of the people in a valley there at the foot of a mountain called Ebal. It's about 20 miles north of this little village of Ai. And he, he carefully follows the instructions that God had given to Moses and then Moses had given to the people on, on how to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord. And then he called all of the people together. And that's where we pick up the story here in Joshua chapter 8, verse 34. Afterward, Joshua read all the words of the law, the blessings and the curses just as it is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded that Joshua did not read to the whole assembly of Israel, including the women and children and the aliens who lived among them. This morning we're going to learn anew how important it is that all of us read the instructions. If you want to know why something worked or why it didn't work, the Bible is the place to find out. 
Joshua and the nation of Israel had been through what might be called a roller coaster series of events. They, they cross into the promised land. Oh, it was a great time. They defeat the city of Jericho. Oh, an even greater time. And then they have the defeated eye, a horrible time. And they discover sin in the camp, a, a tremendously terrible reality. But then they repent of that sin and God gives them the victory at eye. And so they were just kind of going up and down through this extreme change of circumstances. And Joshua knew what they needed to do before they took another step into Canaan. They needed to go back to the beginning. Now, not back to Egypt. They needed to go back farther than that. They needed to go back to the worship of the one true God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. That's what Moses had recorded in the books of the law. And that is what Joshua read to the people of Israel. Uh, there in verse 34, afterward, Joshua read all the words of the law. Everything that God had given to Moses, Joshua now shared with the people. The blessings and the curses, just as it is written in the book of the law. This event at Mount Ebal follows what Moses had written that God wanted the nation to do as they came into the promised land. Back in Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 11, where Moses was giving this law to the people, a part of that he had said in verse 11, On the same day Moses commanded the people, When you have crossed the Jordan, these tribes shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. And these tribes shall stand on Mount Ebal to pronounce curses, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. These mountains, Gerizim and Ebal, they were located on either side of a valley called Shechem. And finally, the people did what God had told them to do. They gather there at the foot of Mount Ebal and the foot of Mount Gerizim, there in the valley of Shechem. And half of the nation went to the foot of Mount Ebal, half of the nation went to Mount Gerizim, and the Ark of the Covenant was placed in the valley right between them. And realizing that the sin of one man had caused this enormous difficulty in the land. Josh was very careful this time to follow God's law to the letter. To be absolutely sure, he reads the words of the law, the blessings and the cursings to all of the people gathered there that day. He didn't leave anything out. Now, we like to focus on the blessings of the Scripture. We like that, but sometimes we like that so much we kind of skim over some of the curses. The reality is they are both essential. The nation of Israel needed both of them because when they didn't follow God's direction, they suffered defeat. When they did follow God's direction, they received God's blessing. They needed to recognize both. They needed to know what made things right. And they needed to know what caused things to go wrong. And we need to know the same thing. Suppose you went to the doctor and the doctor told you, you know, you need a vacation. Well, a little sun, it'll do you good. And while you're there, just eat anything you want. And don't worry about getting any exercise. Just go out there on the beach, find your hammock, and just let the day roll by. 
Now, that's a prescription most of us would be glad to fill. <laughs> the only problem is, it may or may not do anything for what's actually wrong with us. Now, everyone needs rest. For most of us, a, a vacation helps us recharge our, our batteries. I'm trying some of the local cuisine. That's a good thing to do. But if you take a permanent vacation, eventually things aren't going to work out so well. For one thing, the money's going to run out. Do you think that hotel's going to let you stay there for free? You're in for a rude awakening. And if you've ever had to sleep on the beach, you know it can get really cold and uncomfortable out there on the sand at night. And there's no diet of vacation food that's going to help you be very healthy for very long. Truth is, most of us, we enjoy vacation. We like getting away for a while. We like sampling some things that maybe we don't always get, but we're glad to get home, to sleep in our own bed, to enjoy a, a warm, home-cooked, balanced meal. We not only enjoy it, it, it makes us feel better. Vacations are great, but if you want to stay healthy, you're going to need some exercise. You're going to need some good nutrition. And yeah, that paycheck's kind of nice too. We need both the blessings and the cursings. We need the directions and we need the warnings. There's a reason those warnings are in the Bible. It's because someone somewhere actually did those things and they wound up causing tremendous havoc in their life. God doesn't want that for us. Joshua and the nation of Israel now knew the same thing. They had seen the blessings of God, and that was wonderful. They'd also seen what happened when they didn't follow God's law, and they didn't want that anymore. We need to realize the same thing. When things work out in life, we need to know why. We need to know where those blessings originate. All good things come from God, And we need to recognize and respond to that. And when things don't work out in life, we need to know that too. And the place to find out? Well, right here in the Bible. God's Word provides exactly the instruction that all of us desperately need. All of us. Joshua didn't leave out any of the Word that God had Moses record. He also didn't leave out anyone in the nation of Israel from hearing those words. Verse 35, there was not a word of all that Moses had commanded that Joshua did not read to the whole assembly of Israel, including the women and children and the aliens who lived among them. Everyone was included, even those who were not officially part of the people of Israel, but who had joined them along the way, not only in traveling into the promised land, but also in worshiping the one true God. That would have included people like Rahab and her family. The only ones who had been spared in Jericho because of their help to the spies who had come in scouting the city before and because of their recognition of the one true God. They, perhaps, were, were hearing these words of God for the very first time, realizing the, the power of God through His Word. If you've ever been with a, a, a new believer, 
as they begin to hear some of the, the accounts of, of Jesus' miracles and hear some of the teachings that he's heard, uh, those of us who've grown, grown up in church, we've heard them all the time, and, and we rejoice in them. They're, they're wonderful to us, and they're a blessing to us. But wow, to a new believer who hears those for the first time, how, how Jesus healed a blind man, how Jesus brought a man back from the dead, as they hear those stories for the first time, it's amazing, not only for them, but it's wonderful to watch them as they hear that. And then as they begin to hear some of the warnings in the Scripture, as they begin to realize that some of the things in their life, that's what's bringing the hurt and the heartache in, and they rejoice that God has told them, stay away from that. That's not the direction you want to go. And they begin to realize God's not trying to keep us away from a life of fun. God's trying to protect us from what's going to hurt us. And all of a sudden, as they realize the enormous wisdom that's found in God's Word, it's a blessing to them, but it's a blessing for us to watch it as well and be reminded of how important both are to us, both the blessings and the cursing. We all need it, all of it. Let's say you're back at your doctor, and he's decided maybe that vacation prescription, maybe that's not going to be quite enough for you. So, so he, he gets out his, his uh, uh, prescription tablet, and he, he writes down a prescription, and he says, okay, I'm going to prescribe one stick of licorice before bed every night. Well, in your mind, you're thinking, okay, the vacation, that was a nice idea, but obviously that wasn't exactly what I needed. But, you know, this licorice doesn't really sound like a great idea either. Besides, I really don't like licorice. (laughs) And so you start to look around the doctor's office, and and you notice there's no diplomas on the wall. And then so you ask him, you know, where did you go to medical school? And the doctor says, well, you know, I didn't really go to medical school. I, I, I took a couple classes and then decided to just start practicing. Well, my guess at that point, you would excuse yourself and go find a doctor who actually finished medical school. And by the way, you'd probably report the guy. It's illegal to practice medicine without the right education. I don't want somebody who's just taken a few classes. I want somebody who actually knows what I need to get better. We need all of God's Word, not just parts. Now, that's an easier trap to fall in than you might think. We like John 3.16, for God's love the world. We love that verse, but not that many people have memorized John 3.18. Where it says, whoever does not believe stands condemned already. But folks, we need all of it. We like the promises of the Scripture, but sometimes we shy away from the warnings. We like the blessings, but we're not so hot on the curses. But we need both. We need to know why things work and why they don't. We need to know the disaster that sin brings into our life. And we need to know that Jesus is the only answer. So so here's some things that we can do. It's easy for all of us to kind of fall into the trap of just reading the passages that we like and kind of skimming over the stuff that we don't. 
Well, we can avoid that, and here's some ways to do it. For, number one, develop a, a, a systematic way to read the Bible. Follow a reading plan. There are lots of them out there. If you use the Internet, there's all kinds of wonderful reading plans uh, that are available. Uh, Bible.com has some, some great ones. Uh, YouVersion has some great ones if you like to use your phone app. That's a wonderful uh, way to take the Bible in your pocket for one thing, but it also offers some very nice systematic reading plans. Now, what do I mean by, by systematic? Well, what systematic reading plans do is they, they let you read those parts of the Bible that you really you know, are excited about, but they also lead you to read parts of the Bible that maybe you've skipped over through the years. I, I, I like the Bible in a year plan. Now, that may sound like a, a, a big step, but it really isn't. About 15, 20 minutes a day, you can read through the inf- entire Bible in, every year. Now, I do it while I eat my cornflakes in the morning. It's, it's really simple to, to do, uh, but it's a plan that makes sure that you read all of the Scripture, that you don't leave part of it out. And, and having a systematic plan, make sure that you do that. So first of all, find a systematic plan that helps you read through all of the Bible, whether you do it in a year or two years, whatever it might be. Uh, find one that works for you that, that leads you to read all of the Bible, all of the Scripture. You need it all. Second, memorize Scripture. Now, now don't l- lose me here. <laughs> I say that to some folks and they say, well, I can't do that. I just, yeah, you can. It's a lot simpler than, than you may think. There, again, there are lots of wonderful plans available. Uh, the Navigators have had a, a topical memory system that's a wonderful system. It's worked for, been around for years. But there are lots of others. Now, you may think, well, I'm just not smart enough or my brain just doesn't retain stuff enough. But you'd really be surprised on what will happen if you just have, uh, you know, two or three verses that you're just repeating through the day. Just write them down on a note card or, again, if you like using your phone, there's some apps that, that help you to do that. But, but just two or three times a day, just bring out the, those verses. Just, just read them over. And you'd be surprised how much your brain will retain through repetition. And just reading those verses over and over several times a day, suddenly they kind of get stuck in there. And, and you'll also be amazed at how when you're going through an issue in your life, when something's happening, all of a sudden one of those verses that you've been Memorizing, it just pops right up. And of course, that's the Holy Spirit leading you right to that verse. But, but he also led you to prepare for that day when you were memorizing the Scripture. So just take some time and, and, and find a system that works for you, one that, that's helpful. Uh, one great way is, is when, when the kids are through with their Sunday school literature, go down there and borrow one. <laughs> Get their memory verses uh, that they're doing each week and just use those. I mean, that works really great. But find a way that, that helps you do that. So first, uh, find a, a, a systematic uh, reading plan. I know Becky Bennett had a uh, Through the Bible in a Year plan a couple of years ago that we had out here. and uh, Just a great plan. Lots of systematic plans out there. So find a systematic plan that works for you. Second, memorize Scripture. Find a way that you can 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 begin to plant those Scriptures in your mind so that you can pull them out when you need them. And then finally, number three, uh, find a small group that you can be in to study the Scripture. 
Now, we have lots of small groups here at church. We have Sunday school that we'll be having here in a few uh, minutes. That uh, We have some great classes for every age group all around the church. They'd love for you to come. We also have some discipleship groups that meet at different times during the week and different times during the year, and, and those are available uh, for you as well. And, and some people may say, well, why do I need to do that? Why, I, I went to church. <laughs> I went to worship. Why, why do I need a small group too? Well, here's the thing. You need Christian fellowship. We all do. We all need brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, when Proverbs says iron sharpens iron, we need each other to, to help keep us sharp, to challenge us in, in our walk. We need the wisdom that other people have. One person will read a passage of Scripture and they may see something completely different, a, a new idea that you didn't see there. And in that small group, they can share that with you and they can talk about it with you and they can 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 find some ways to encourage them. And you have some insights into the Scripture that other people need. And the only place that we're going to get that is in those small groups. And, and this obviously isn't a small group. I'm up here talking and you all don't get to talk. So that's not really fair, is it? You need a time when you can talk in small groups. There are time when you can do that, when you can, can share your insight and, and can talk about the Scripture and share some things that God's putting on your heart. Also a great time where you can share prayer requests, where you have some people who know you, who, who love you, and they're praying for you and know the situations in your life that you want to be praying about. That's just an awesome opportunity. But another thing that it really, really helps us with is in our Bible study. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you will learn more in a group than you can alone. And again, it's just because of things we've already talked about, because you can read the Bible and you can study the Scripture and, and you can learn some wonderful things there and you need to be doing that. You need to do some personal Bible study. But, but in, a, in a small group situation, some other people can be studying that Scripture and find out things and share with you the ways that God's speaking to them through that passage that may open your eyes to some things that you never saw before. We all need this. We all need this opportunity to gather with other people to study God's Word together. So find a systematic way to read the Bible daily way to get into God's Word that's systematic, that, that helps you to read through the entire Scripture. Memorize Scripture. Plant those Scriptures in your brain so that you'll have them in those times when you need it. And find a small group where you can sharpen your uh, uh, skills, where you can, can gain insight from other believers, where you can have that Christian fellowship that just lifts, lifts all of us. Because the reality is we all need to read the instructions. All of them. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank us. Thank you that you've given us your word. What a blessing it is to know that we can open this extraordinary book and literally hear from you. God, we need that. We need all of it. We, we are excited by the blessings, the promises that you give us in your word. But, but God, we need the warnings as well. We need to know the dangers of sin. We need to know the hazards of a life lived outside of your will. We need to see that. We need to know exactly what that is. So thank you that you've shared it all with us. You haven't held anything back. You've given us everything we need to know within the pages of your word. So God, help us to find some systematic ways that will work for us to do that, to find a way to read through all of your word for ourselves, to study your, your word. 
Help us to find ways to memorize Scripture, to put passages in our minds so that in those times of life where we're facing unique issues, uh, we'll have your word right there to guide us. And God, help us to find a small group, a place where we can gather with other believers and study your word together so that we can learn the insights that you're giving to other people so that we can have that Christian fellowship that all of us desperately need. God, thank you that we have the opportunity to know your word. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.